Have you ever seen people who appear to have it all together, especially in church, and wondered about the real story beneath the facade? Or how about this? What's your story? And what would happen if people knew the real you, the glorious, the wonderful, the messy, the shameful? Listen in as we tackle hard questions of faith and following Jesus. Welcome to She Seems So Normal, Stories Not Shared on Sundays with your host. That's me, Lee McKenzie. Welcome to episode 40. Can you believe we've gotten to 40 episodes already? Um, woo. And uh, this is called Overcome Shame, Sacred Spheres of Support, The Courage to Heal in Community. In her book, Daring Greatly, Brene Brown says shame derives its power from being unspeakable. Isn't that the truth? The enemy is like a roving lion isolating his prey to kill in silence. The higher our influence, think church or work or community politics or online, the higher our influence, the harder it becomes to show chinks in our armor. Fear of being stabbed by competitive ladder climbers is real, especially for the thought pioneers and visionary leaders. Additionally, when framed within a picture book of past abuse scenarios, even a smidgen of betrayal embellishes shame and pain in particularly exquisite and at times practically intolerable ways to reinforce old cycles and unhelpful thought patterns. My farm girl brain remembers barnyard references in scripture. Matthew 7 is about not giving dogs what's sacred or throwing pearls to pigs, lest they trample the most precious of all jewelry under their stinky split hooves or turn and shred you with rabid teeth. We need boundaries. Uh, that's a great book, by the way. And we shouldn't expose our struggles to or share our fears with everyone or ask them to shoulder our pain and heartbreak. Not with everyone. However, without accountability and fellowship, if we don't seek godly help, nothing changes. Lacking spiritual oxygen without movement, our faith stagnates like pond water on a hot, dry summer day. How do we develop safe spheres of support to find trustworthy people who have earned the right to hear our deepest and darkest secrets and kill self-inflicting shame? Well, healing in community is hard and holy work. It requires that people around us be set apart by the Holy Spirit. And as you've seen throughout this narrative, prayerfully recognizing the who, the how, the where, and the when of openness was the key for me to develop my spheres of trust and accountability. Let's be courageous to speak what's unspeakable, shall we? Sitting in Bible study 15 years ago, I was amazed my church hadn't been struck by lightning the moment I walked in. If only these nice church women knew what I'd done in the past, they wouldn't be so welcoming. They would toss me out the first chance they got. Hiding like a plastic princess zebra in her dazzle. Oh yeah, by the way, for real. Zebras in mass are called dazzles or zeals, just like a group of hippos is called a bloat. So I hid like a plastic princess zebra in her dazzle. I camouflaged all my issues to blend into the landscape. But the longer I spent in scripture, the more I felt like an imposter in church, realizing the paint I'd colored my stripes with turned wonky chameleon colors under the glow of the sun. In the meantime, the enemy loved reminding me what I used to be like, and so I was often pulled in two directions. Knowing Christ's grace, forgiveness, and mercy, yet listening to the lies, condemnation, and accusations. 
If we try to cover disobedience or hide pre-Jesus deeds, our peace will rarely last long as we wonder at what moment our sin will find us out and will be exposed as the frauds we are. Recently, I heard my pastor, Jeannie Stevens, offer a clever acronym for the word shame. Shame, self, hatred, at, my, expense. Boy, did she nail it. Shame is self-inflicted, self-infecting, self-absorbing, and self-hating. It submits way too much power to self while trusting way too little in Jesus. Overcoming me meant confronting past issues face to face, no matter how uncomfortable it made me or my trusted circle feel. As you've read throughout or you've listened throughout parts one and two of the book, my intentional awareness of processing and confessing the guilt of disobedience, rebellion, and unfaithfulness to God prompted me to continually ask hard questions and wait on biblically sound answers throughout daily scripture reading, prayer, and accountability with close friends and mentors. Other courageous measures I took included marching into professional therapy, seeking wisdom from my spiritual teachers and leaders, carefully curating safe spaces filled with trusted, wise counsel, and refusing to shrink back at the taunts of a cowardly lion. Under Holy Spirit inspiration, the beloved disciple John penned the final book of the Bible while imprisoned on a desert island after extended solo worship time in a cave. Through him, the Bible is clear how we triumph and how a hurled down to evil retreats through this revolutionary revelation. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. That's Revelation 12, verses 10 through 11. But did you see it? As Christ followers, we triumph by the blood of Jesus and our testimony, no matter how death-filled or intimidating the court's circumstances have seemed. 